Hello. Hello. How's it going? It's going. How are you, belated birthday girl? Oh, I am good. I I I don't know. I tried to act normal uh like it wasn't my birthday yesterday, but for some reason more people than usual were making it a big deal that it was my birthday. So mm-hmm. it was very sweet. It was just something I'm not really used to <laughs> used to. Um and actually my sister-in-law drew a picture of me, which I I've never had a picture drawn of me before. It was really nice. I didn't know how to respond. So I awkwardly just texted back and then I haven't spoken to her since yesterday. <laughs> Oh my God, Abby. <laughs> just funny because yesterday we got all snowed in. And so they got to be off yesterday too. Um, and so they're off, their days usually are Wednesday, Thursday. And so they've been here all day and I have not gone to say anything. I don't know what it is about me and like if something touches my heart, I just have to push it away. Which reminds what? me, I watched Brokeback Mountain today and I feel broken over it. I feel sad and distraught. Have you seen that movie? I haven't seen the full thing, but I'm assuming it's sad. It's good. It's just very powerful. But anyways, I was feeling powerful feelings yesterday because of my birthday, and I was really trying to avoid that because then it's going to make me sad because I'm far away from home. But thank you for reminding me. Yes, guys, yesterday was my birthday. (laughs) (laughs) Yesterday was my birthday, and uh, we could have recorded, I guess, yesterday if we did it early enough, but I didn't want to rush it or anything. So that's why we're here today. And now I am 26 years old coming at you guys. Oh my God. You're Um, barely 26, Abby? Yes. Is that how old you were when you met me? No, you were 24, I think. I honestly think I was, no, yeah, I was 25, 24, 25. Of all the birthday celebrations that we used to have. (sighs) And you guys made it a big deal when I would come to work at Spencer's. You guys were all... Nice and Jess would get you the the cookie cake from Great yeah. American. Yeah. <laughs> Those were the days. But in reality, I'm really missing whenever I was a kid and like birthdays were like awesome because you're a kid and you don't have to stress out about anything and yeah, the adults feel weird for you. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to worry about it. You just get to enjoy it. So, man, were you like the awkward child when they would sing happy birthday to you? I want to say internally I might have started becoming that way like later in life. But as a kid, I was like – I loved it. I was like smiling. I always wanted to be like a star when I was little like everybody oh. else. Like I want to be a singer. Mm-hmm. So I think I, I think people had a, a good time because I wasn't um, opposed to it. I wouldn't like cry or get embarrassed <laughs> or anything. But that I think that just comes with how comfortable you are like around your family and stuff too. Yeah. I don't know. Well, that one picture I have of oh. you was the first birthday that I ever spent with you. <laughs> I hate being – I hate happy yeah. birthday and you're just – I feel embarrassed. I feel weird. I don't know what it is now. Even at my own wedding or like when I did my confirmation or like things like that where you're like up there in front of people that are watching you do whatever you're yeah. doing. Mm-hmm. And then I was in orchestra like all my life, like ever since – fifth grade and even that like thinking back on it now I'm like how did I do that like be in front of people doing something that's so terrifying to yeah. think about now <laughs> thank goodness Actually, for podcasting yeah right but still <laughs> even then we were very nervous the first time oh good lord I'm gonna yeah I remember that I, I took on like such a big case because I was so excited about it and then it was just a train wreck so I'll be revisiting that case. Um, <laughs> we did, yeah, I did take some getting used to it. It's just the fact that knowing someone's going to listen to it, even though it's not in real time. Yeah. 
I can't honestly I think live. I think we got better because we realized that there wasn't as many people as we thought that were gonna listen yes we're at a comfortable uh size right now with our yeah. audience well for me personally I was always scared of um getting which is so weird to think about now like I'm scared of being more popular but yeah, it's just but more pressure only, we're literally like for <laughs> fun it is mm-hmm. It's just funny how we thought it was going to be completely different when we first started. <clears throat> That's like me with anything, though. I get so enthusiastic, and I know I feel like I'm going to put a bunch of effort into something. And so now I've just learned to not make it a big deal from the beginning because then I just lose interest, and then I got everybody excited for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised I haven't texted you yet and been like, so we need to discuss when we're going to uh, end yep. the podcast. Yeah, when we're going to end. <laughs> horrible horrible I think honestly us taking breaks is what has saved us I think so too because I mean I I'm not one to be as overwhelmed like okay what I'm trying to say is I get well overwhelmed very easily whereas other people can have like 20 things going on and still be able to like handle it all Mm -hmm. I don't do that to myself anymore like I don't make it to where I'm gonna be sick over it like the night before up all night because I can't get through everything or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I'm really glad that we have the kind of relationship we have where we can just let each other know, hey, you know, this week's going to be a little bit busier, um, which it's probably just one thing. I probably just have to like get the oil change or something, but it's like, oh no, I have right. to prepare myself all week for <laughs> that one appointment. And and now it's going to be the dogs. The dog's got to go to the vet for shots. And so I'm really, I'm taking it easy on myself throughout the day because I'm just saving it for whenever I have to take them to the vet because it's always so stressful. I can only imagine. Oh, God. I just don't like being in public. It's just – and I feel like it's bad now that I've um, not been in public very often anymore. So Mm -hmm. it's like getting worse. So it's even more like I have to ready myself just to go anywhere. But anyways, I'm sure – once you get back into the swing of things, I'm sure it's just like with anything else, you get more comfortable around it and – goes back to feeling normal again instead of like something that's out of the norm yeah but anyway yesterday we did go out for dinner to a pretty nice place where you choose four courses and the meals are tiny but somehow i had enough it was perfect what it was like fancy yeah i took pictures i felt so embarrassed and it, it one time too i was trying to take quick little like shots of each plate as they were bringing it but um, the guy came back to like bring us different silverware or something. And so my flash went on right in his face. Like I did not mean oh, I was literally aiming down at Hunter's plate, trying to quickly take a picture. And he reached over and like the flash was on for that one time for whatever reason, when all the other times and it was also very dim in that restaurant. So everybody probably thought I was like a tourist or something like taking pictures of all my <laughs> People usually people do that anyway, don't they? They take pictures of their plates because they're just so nicely presented. I feel like there's only a certain kind of people that do that. But I, I don't- mean, <laughs> foodies unite. <laughs> uh, I used to post pictures of them, but now I just keep them. I wanted to show my parents because they get a kick out of that kind of stuff. My mom is gonna laugh. She's gonna be like, "And you had enough to eat?" <laughs> you know how she is. Yeah, uh, enough, happy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They didn't bring you anything else, like she didn't be- But it was it was fun because they brought like um your appetizer that you selected, and then like the entree, and then the what was it? 
there was actually something before the appetizer from, or I don't know the I don't know how the courses work. And then I was like, oh, thank God there's not a million forks and spoons on the table because I would be freaking out about that. But uh, <laughs> no, it was really nice. I picked the tuna ceviche for my appetizer and it came in like a, it literally reminded me of if you've seen American Horror Story Hotel, whenever those people order pad thai and so they just open a can of um, cat food. And put it on the on the plate for yes, them. Yes, yes. <laughs> it was delicious. I'm no hate on how it's just it made it made me laugh because it reminded me of that. But it was like tuna, and then like it was pretty good. It was like fancy shit too. Like the the way that they worded the menu. My hunter was like, "Would you bring your parents here?" And I was like, "I would love to," but they wouldn't know. Like they would be pretty much overwhelmed by the menu and yeah. I just pick something for them but it was delicious it was pretty good and they had like stuff like rabbit and like bison oh, and stuff shit. oh I had a squid uh some kind of squid thing too and they actually put like squirts of like squid gel on the plate and I like ate it and I was like am I supposed to be eating this or is this garnish <laughs> <laughs> is my mouth turning black I like looked at Hunter and I was like are my teeth like black and he was like no but <laughs> it was like staining like I was like they they ain't playing around down there in the ocean these squids <laughs> uh, sorry to any vegans um I I've thought about being vegan but anyways anyway delicious it was really good I, uh, I can't it's just i i can no, but it's just so tasty yeah i i can't do it i did no sugar and like no dairy and some other shit mm-hmm. for i don't know like i think it was like five months or some shit and that was it was very um i don't even know how to describe it like Can you I tell the difference yeah, well, I felt very light. Like, I didn't feel as, like, heavy. I don't even know how to describe that feeling. But Some people describe a bloated feeling. Yes, I wasn't bloated anymore. I wasn't or bloated. Or, like, tired. Yes. Like, exhausted. Yes. Yeah. I wasn't – I didn't – like, that's the only difference that I really felt. But I also – You missed it. My taste buds changed, and I fucking missed, like, all the rich food. mm so then whenever I did start eating all that stuff again, it was like a shock to my body. So Yes. Oh no. Did you feel I can't sick? even imagine I did and I got I was sick for a really long time because I kept eating it and now my body's used to it again. But um mm-hmm. that reminds me of Jess eating. She said that she had tried to eat because she's a vegetarian. So mm-hmm. she tried to eat meat again after like so long and she got super sick after that. Oh no, that's what I hear too. It's yeah. interesting that that's how it works when yeah. your body gets used to something and then yeah. it just rejects it immediately when yeah. it gets reduced. Wow. Well, welcome to the diet, the new diet podcast with um, Abby <laughs> and Daniela. Um, I just keep hearing. <laughs> oh, I know. I wish. I wish I could say that, but I. I would probably accidentally offend people. No, yeah, you're not that. in a safe space. <laughs> only because. Only because we're really bad at um, being politically. I'm ignorant. Because <laughs> uh, what was I mean, it? I said something. You, yeah, we do. Well, we don't know how to be. We're like the supportive aunt that doesn't know the right thing to say, but we're here to listen. Yeah, we're here to listen and try to give you advice, even though we probably should just shut the fuck up. <laughs> right, right. And then just thank God again that you're not our kid. You're our sister's kid or yeah. whatever. Mm-hmm. 
Anyways, yeah, we had dinner, but the, the morning was so sweet because he got up for work and I stayed in bed like I usually do. And he came back in with like roses and a gift and it was so sweet. Oh, how sweet. But I will let you guys in on a slight secret that he doesn't even know. He was so busy working at his desk um, the day before my birthday that he didn't notice he left a note out on his desk, like a like a sticky note that had a list of things to do. And I quickly saw the word roses on there. And so I looked away quickly because I was like, if that has anything to do with me, I hate – I've ruined my own surprises probably three times now. <laughs> I'm not even surprised. <laughs> Over ridiculous things like accident, like we share an Amazon account, for instance, and it was like, I didn't even think to look at the cart for, I was looking for something else. I don't remember, but I ended up seeing my, that year's Christmas gifts and he's so ahead of the game. Like he'll have Christmas gifts like in line to buy it or what already by like Thanksgiving. He likes to be ahead of, um, just get everything done ahead of time before stuff gets sold out. With me, I just panic the whole time because I don't know what the hell to get anybody, and then I just wait, end up waiting because I'm panicking the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not like I'm waiting till last minute; it's that I'm um, panicking until last minute. But anyway, <laughs> uh, so anyways, yes, yeah, so I wish I just looked away quickly, but it was still sweet. The next morning, I was still it, if even if it wasn't a surprise because I uh, am my own enemy or whatever, it was fine. And very thoughtful. And the card is very sweet. It's one of those like pop out ones. So in other words, I put it in a drawer because I didn't want the dogs to destroy it because I know Francis loves – he won't eat anything, but he loves to tear up paper. And I was like, I'm not going to let that happen again. And then I almost cried because he signed it from Fawn Franklin and Francis. Oh, the baby. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Get out of here. I cannot with my – with my emotional side lately. I think that's why Brokeback Mountain is like, I, I haven't processed my emotions for it yet. So I'm going to be a bit lost today. Hopefully your story will distract me from the sadness. And oh, grieving. it's going to be sad. So maybe it will. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> It'll give me that push I need. I all start crying on here. Oh, shit. <laughs> You're going to have to finish it later. I got to go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna be talking to fucking thin air. You get a text. Muted. <laughs> I muted yeah. it, and you get you get a text message. It's from me, and it's like, sorry, I had to hang up. <laughs> I'm, I'm crying. <laughs> oh, the test of how quickly will I sweat through my sweatshirt, and how quickly will I cry during this episode? Oh, God. challenge begins now. Hold on, I'm texting Jeremy to bring me some water. <laughs> <laughs> of course my fucking throat is like hey let's just decide to fuck up right now those cowboys were very handsome though on Brokeback Mountain oh those are white cowboys I love cowboy movies because of the cowboys like well, Tombstone R.I.P. Um, Heath Ledger R.I.P. Heath Ledger I know Thank I was you. reading about that again I like to relive my despair Heath Ledger hit me pretty hard, and Brittany Murphy hit me really hard for some reason, same, too. Same, same, same. Sobbed. I sobbed. I was like, I can't handle it. Uh, we don't even know these people, but rest in peace, Heath Ledger. All right. All righty. Are we ready? I'm ready. Are you ready? Actually, yes. give me two seconds. I'm going to – maybe my inhaler. I didn't even think about that. Maybe my inhaler would help oh, a lot see. more than the water. There you go. Give Sounds me good. one second. That helped immensely. I can tell the difference. 
Okay, here we. My that inhaler is um the one with the steroids in it. Mm-hmm. So it like instantly mean? opens my lungs. <laughs> wow. And I can breathe again without fucking wheezing and shit. It's weird because I haven't smoked a cigarette in like three months. And I'm still, this Dang. still is, I think, oh, yeah. All right. It's the lasting condition. <clears throat> I guess so. All right, here we go. I'm going to just jump right in. Are you ready? Are you ready for this? Yes. Oh, yes. Fuck, I just realized. Okay, hopefully you know who these people are. But if not, okay. okay. On Tuesday, March 26, 2018, a German tourist came across a shocking scene on California's Highway 1 in Mendocino County, 200 miles north of San Francisco. The tourist noticed a GMC Yukon crashed upside down on the rocks below a steep 100-foot cliff. The authorities were notified and rescue workers rappelled down the rocks. Inside the SUV, the dead bodies of married couple Jennifer and Sarah Hart, both 28 years old, were discovered. Nearby, three of their adopted children, Marcus, 19, Jeremiah, 14, and Abigail, 14, were also found dead. The Hart's three remaining children, Devante, 15, Hannah, 16, and Sierra, 12, were missing from the wreckage. Do you know who I'm talking about now? It's or- ringing a bell. Okay. Friends and acquaintances of the Hart family were initially astonished at the deaths. Jen and Sarah Hart, Jen and Sarah Hart were regarded by all who knew them as caring and devoted parents who had adopted two sets of three black siblings and dedicated their lives to raising the six children in a socially conscious atmosphere that focused on love and acceptance. Fucking Jesus Christ, that fucking inhaler helped, but now everything's in my throat instead of my chest. (laughs) Oh, no. I was going to say Jesus Christ is also... um what those what you described <laughs> what did I describe what the I last line you the last line you read i was when you said jesus christ i was like he was also <laughs> that love and acceptance <laughs> <laughs> okay friends described oh, fuck my life okay <laughs> Friends referred to them as the Heart Tribe because of their tight bond. Once authorities began to dig into Sarah and Jen Hart's past, however, they pieced together a decade-long tale of abuse and neglect that ended tragically on a remote stretch of highway more than 500 miles from the Hart's homestead in Washington State. Jen and Sarah's... Fucking Jesus Christ! Why? (laughs) At this point, you might as well start all over. No, I'm just kidding. I done already forgot what the hell. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) When we're old and that happens. This is going to suck balls. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, we're going to have to cut it off whenever we're like fucking when I'm 35. My memory is already super shitty, so I can just imagine. (laughs) We're going to start doing cases that we've already done. (laughs) (laughs) 
But uh, I thought that actually happened the other day. I was like, wait, did we already do that one? I started thinking that too. And I think it's because I'm imagining other podcasts, but yes. thinking that you covered it. Like I know I didn't, but then I'll be like, did Daniela cover that? Yes. But I never exactly right. <laughs> Someone told me about that case, but yes, was it Abby? That is it. <laughs> We were watching Unsolved right. Mysteries the other day, and that one story of that lady that was found in the barrel in the pond or whatever. Oh. <clears throat> Deborah was on there, yes. And I saw the picture of her first, and I was like, "I've seen that fucking picture somewhere." And I was Ew. like tripping balls. And then, honestly, yes. And then <laughs> I realized it was the one that you did. I was like, "Wait a minute." <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's funny. Wait, speaking of, oh, I have to say that because it was really fucking hilarious. So me and Jeremy have been binge watching um, Broad City. Yes. And last night we were watching the very last episode of the entire series. And <laughs> <laughs> no, don't tell me I haven't seen it. I'm waiting. Well, it's not even, it's not as having okay, okay. a plot. But like, you know that guy that, um, what the fuck's his her, name? Is it her neighbor or her roommate? Uh, no, it's the, it's fucking. Alana's, uh, dentist boyfriend? Not her, not her boyfriend, but her friend, her, that guy. Hannibal. No, no, no. His real name's Hannibal, but I don't know what his name is in the, is it who I'm thinking of? His, the guy who's a yeah, dentist. that's, that's her dentist boyfriend, but her best friend. That Oh, oh, the game, the game. Yes. We really did this last night. <clears throat> I haven't um, I've literally been watching it for like the last I don't know how many weeks and I wow okay well him um so so funny yeah he is fucking hilarious so he's (laughs) we've been watching it and like he's one of my favorite characters in this fucking shit so the only Mm -hmm. name I remember is uh Bevers of course. Uh, that's the running joke that you never see her actual roommate. It's just always the roommate's boyfriend, Bevers. Yes. I was uh, about to tell you part of the plot, but I fucking I stopped myself. But, um, so that other dude, the gay one, he we were he was on the screen last night and Jeremy was like, dude, I've seen that guy somewhere. He's, he's like, we were in, he, and I was like, which one? He's like, that dude right there. And I was like, Oh, the gay one, the gay one. He's like, yeah, I've seen him. And I was like, where? And he's like, in, I was already about to like bust out the IMDb. And he was like, he was in that show we were watching last night. I was like, this is what the fuck we were watching last night. We were watching Broad City. Oh, my. <laughs> and he was like, oh, shit. <laughs> it was, oh, I literally my. was like crying, laughing. So I was like, did you really just say that? Like, did that really just come out of your mouth? Did that just happen? That's hilarious. <laughs> Wow. It was really fucking I was like, yeah, we need to go to bed. (laughs) Well, since you're finished with that, you got to do Shit's Creek. I'm finishing that I finished it. Yeah, I've already watched the whole thing. I love that shit. I was sad because I was watching them back to back, and then I realized I'm on the last season, and I was like, (gasps) I've been taking these for granted. Yes, dude. I'm sad that it's the last fucking one. Or Yeah, that it was the last one. I finished it, and it is amazing. David? Literally, okay. Jay is my brother. Is literally David. He's he so really is. <laughs> he is. So, he's so mean. And I'm literally Alexis. I'll be like saying something, and Jay's like, "Um, no. Why don't you try blah blah blah?" And it'll always be some smart ass comment. And my aunts used to get a kick out of that whenever Jay and I would be bickering. <laughs> oh my goodness, that show is amazing. The the writing for that show, I cannot. 
It is really fucking Moira. I hate it because I'm so stoned when I watch it. And then I start talking like Moira when I'm not stoned anymore. So I'm really picking up. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's what happens when you binge shit. Yes, you just adopt the personalities. I binge watched um, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, the 90s show, and I drunkenly was trying to change my clothes, and I literally (laughs) stuck my finger out like, boom, I'm going to do it with my finger. Like magic. I'm going to just change myself. Oh, that would be incredible. Yeah. But yeah, I I know what you mean. I literally was like, what the fuck did you just... Did you just do that? <laughs> How embarrassing. Why would you just tell me that? Because I'm it was I'm messing around. Perfect. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love that. <clears throat> I love that for us. <laughs> <gasps> I was gonna <gasps> Oh, I love that for you. <laughs> Alexis, I can't. Oh, so she, she got on my nerves at the beginning, but I fucking love her. Same. Yep. That's what, how it was for me, too. She's finally trying to shape up. She got a master's degree and everything. Yeah. Or her bachelor's degree and stuff. Or whatever started. degree. They printed it out, and there was a line down the paper <laughs> because the toner was running out. <laughs> <laughs> and she framed it anyway. It was funny. Stevie, too. Stevie's a favorite of mine on there. Oh, towards the end, I could. I was already like, all right, that's enough, Stevie. Get it. Together. I'm over. I'm over. We get it. You're a tomboy, and you're and not you interested. You're better than everyone, <laughs> but you don't think you're better than everyone at the same time. Get a grip. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I loved her at first, and I hated Alexis, and then I ended up loving Alexis and not really liking Stevie. <laughs> Who would you be if you were any? If you were in that show. I'd probably be Who's Moira, honestly. <laughs> Dude, uh, yes, very dramatic, but yeah. totally herself yeah. at all times. Yeah. But uh, I would be Jocelyn, so that's funny. <laughs> I can just picture myself being Jocelyn, even if Dude, I don't want to be Jocelyn. Holy <laughs> shit, you are Jocelyn. Especially yeah. at the beginning, because she really, you could literally walk all over her. And now oh, she's thanks. not. <laughs> Now she's not like that at all. Uh, she just had her she's, baby or whatever. She's still and very like, passive aggressive, but. Oh my gosh. It's so funny. Yeah. It's like way more now than it was before. Oh, uh, I love that. And uh, the fact that she's married to Roland, I cannot. Oh, that's with disgusting. Yeah. I know. Uh, she's great. But the episode I just uh, saw was when they, there was supposed to be a poison concert. <laughs> and then they couldn't go to the concert but they still went to the casino and she ends up cutting her hair really yeah dude and it looks jacked for the rest of on the way home she's like we're still thinking this was a good idea right like she's trying to get back up from the whole bus and everybody's just quiet so funny She's like, yeah, we're still riding high on this haircut because I totally get the impulsiveness of of why she did that and then she's like regretting it instantly it's so funny oh man she literally has like a permanent smile for the rest of the fucking show yep but she is like dying inside (laughs) (laughs) me that's literally me and the show is just like yep oh man it's great i love that show anyways like i am gonna watch it again i'm started rewatching gray's um (gasps) But 
Like from the beginning or from wherever you I, left off? Well, I usually do from the beginning, but I was like, that's enough torture. So I started oh. from season six and I don't remember. I it was like right whenever George died. Like literally the first episode of season six is George dying. Like they find oh. out that he's that's John that Doe far or whatever. In? yeah yes that is that episode still has me shook that's probably the so far i mean i don't even know what season i even left off left off on i think probably eight is where i stopped watching but i still can't finish it and it's still going isn't it or it's like on its last Uh, yeah i'm i don't know i think there's still more seasons to come but it's definitely it's definitely it needs to be put out of its misery because it's just yeah. It's better to end than to um, burn out or whatever they yeah, say. It's gonna fade burn away. Out. Mm-hmm. That's what's gonna mm-hmm. happen. Well, we deviated very far from what I was talking about. Oops. But now you'll be able to speak. I will. Correct. Okay. Here, I let it all out. I did a little breathing exercise. There you go. You just need a little warm up. You don't say a word all day until we record, like me. No, I'm just kidding. I do. I talk to my dogs. So. <laughs> <laughs> or out loud to myself. I haven't like talked all day long, so this is the first time. Pretty See? much. There you go. <clears throat> Told you. Alrighty. <clears throat> all right. Here we go. You're gonna have to cut all that shit out, unless you want to leave it, and I could just start over. It's up to you. On Tuesday, March 26, 2018, a German tourist came across a sh- shocking scene. <laughs> <laughs> I heard the T at the end of a cross and I was like and I kept thinking about it and I fucked up the rest. Yep. <laughs> you you did that to yourself. And it's funny cuz we write our own we write our own stuff and we still for some reason like to give ourselves tongue twisters for no reason. For sure. Just for, just for fun. I honestly think I got a good chunk of it. I like just reworded um an article. <laughs> I'm sorry, I was because I was, like, I was remembering. <laughs> I'm remembering when I also write stuff when I'm high, and then I read it, and it's like the first time. I'm like, wow, that happened. <laughs> That's exactly what is going on? He was stabbed how many times? I'm all like listening to it for the first time, like you. So I'm the one who typed it up. That's probably what's going to happen because I actually have heard the story several times, so maybe not, but still. <laughs> oh, it was a shocking sight. <laughs> All right, here we go. On Tuesday, March 26, 2018, a German tourist came across a shocking scene on California's Highway 1 in Mendocino County, 200 miles north of San Francisco. The tourist noticed a GMC Yukon crashed upside down on the rocks below in a steep uh, 100-foot cliff. Shit. The authorities were notified and rescue workers repelled down the rocks. Inside the SUV, the dead bodies of married couple Jennifer and Sarah Hart, both 38 years old, were discovered. Nearby, three of their adopted children, Marcus, 19, Jeremiah, 14, and Abigail, also 14, were found dead. The Hart's three remaining children, Devante, 15, Hannah, 16, and Sierra, 12 were missing from the wreckage. Friends and acquaintances of the Hart family were initially astonished at the deaths. 
Jen and Sarah Hart were regarded by all who knew them as caring and devoted parents who had adopted two sets of three black siblings and dedicated their lives to raising the six children in a socially conscious atmosphere that focused on love and acceptance. Friends refer to them as the Hart tribe because of their tight bond. Mm -hmm. But once authorities began to dig into Jen and Sarah Hart's past, they pieced together a decade-long tale of abuse and neglect that ended tragically on a remote stretch of highway more than 500 miles from the Hart's homestead in Washington State. So Jen and Sarah Hart's romance began nearly 20 years earlier at Northern State University in Aberdeen, South Dakota. The women both attended school there when they met and fell in love. For years, Sarah and Jen told people that they were friends or roommates until they eventually decided to come out as lesbians. When they did reveal their relationship, Jen later said that they lost friends and that the Midwestern mindset was relentlessly unforgiving and unaccepting. Mm -hmm. Uh, So then the couple moved to Alexandria, Minnesota, and both worked at the same department store. Jen was recognized as the dominant person in the relationship, a woman with a big personality who liked to be in control and wasn't afraid to let her voice be heard. Sarah was seen as sensitive and passive. In 2014, the couple took in a 15-year-old foster daughter who they complained about openly to coworkers. The girl, now in her late 20s, remembers how Jen and Sarah told her of their plans to adopt three more children and how she could be a big sister to them. One day, inexplicably, the hearts dropped off their foster daughter at a therapist's office and never returned. What? Their girl never heard from Jen or Sarah again. What? They, like, would complain to their coworkers about her saying that she was, like, a crack baby and all this, like, that she had all these problems because she was a crack baby and all this shit. Oh, and oh my God. Yeah. So they just left her at the therapist's office. So in 2006, the couple took in three siblings from foster care in Texas Marcus, seven, Hannah, four, and Abigail, two. Two years later, in 2008, the Hearts took in three more siblings from Texas Devonte five, Jeremiah, four, and Sierra, three. <clears throat> The Hart tribe was now complete, and they looked like the model of a progressive 21st century family, two white lesbian mothers, and six adopted black children. Woke. Mm -hmm. Two two woke women (laughs) with an inclusive family. Uh What a facade. So Sarah worked while Jen stayed home to raise the kids, but it didn't take long for warning signs to appear. While still living in Minnesota in September 2008, their daughter Hannah went to school with bruising on her arm. When asked by a teacher about the marks, the little girl said that her parents whipped her with a belt. No. That hard. Do what? That hard? You would leave marks? Yeah. And I mean, I was about to say something real fucked up, but I'm not going to do it. I mean, you know, when people used to spank their kids, but. To leave marks like that? Dang. Yeah. Awful. But I'm like, if you're going to hit your kid, why are you going to hit them on the fucking arm? Like, yeah. Where mm-hmm. everybody can see. Good. I know, right? Get They outed themselves. Yeah. <clears throat> um, 
Okay, so when asked by a teacher about the marks, the little girl said that her parents whipped her with a belt. No charges were filed, but the Hearts took all six of their children out of school for nearly a year before re-enrolling them the following fall. Sketchy. That would that would be like an extremely huge warning sign. Like, yeah. <clears throat> the sad part is, is like, because I was going to ask the same thing. Like, do they not pay attention to like attendance and uh, bring it back to the point where they were questioned you know what i mean or you know where the little girl was questioned but they don't there's so many students who knows how many of them yeah. stop showing up and it's awful so in november 2010 teachers noticed signs of abuse on six-year-old abigail hart and alerted authorities <clears throat> mm. the girl told investigators that her mother jen had held her head under cold water and had punched her because she believed she'd stolen a penny uh, they found on her. What? Mm. So police interviewed the other Hart children who admitted that they were often spanked, denied food, and grounded. I mean, mm. it, okay, that is really fucked up, but like, I was often, but um, also like on what accord, like what, at what um, point do they get the punishments? If they, like she had a penny and then that was her punishment for mm -hmm. that? Like, mm -hmm. I wonder, yeah, I wonder what their grounds were for, like, those punishments. Right. Mm. But, like, the, the cops, they actually, like, something happens. So yeah. that they listened to what they said and they were like, okay, this is serious. Like, back mm. in the day, if I would have said, like, I'm, I've been spanked and I've been denied food because I've said something shitty and my mom's like, go to your room, you're not going to fucking eat dinner. And then I get grounded. Like, yeah. I would, they would laugh in my face. <laughs> yeah, they'd be like, well, those are your parents, yeah, you know, whatever. Okay, shit, they're doing a great job. Get out of here. Uh, yeah. Not that I'm saying that I was abused, but still. No, like, no, no. Like the extent, like the, the authorities aren't aware of like to what extent they're being yeah, punished. Yeah. So when Sarah and Jen were interviewed, Sarah took the blame for striking Abigail and was convicted of misdemeanor domestic assault and sentenced to probation and one year of community service, which is insane. <clears throat> um, it was crazy that they did this and they didn't take the kids away. I know. Seriously. Sorry. The dogs are like, I was like, hello. <laughs> so she had what? Probation? She got... Convicted of misdemeanor domestic assault and sentenced to probation and one year of community service. Jeez. That the, the kids didn't get taken away was like, it just doesn't make any sense. I don't, that's what I don't understand either. Whenever there's evidence of abuse and, and they just stay. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, they pretty much just punished the parent, but not, it's not going to change. If anything, she's just going to be angrier yeah, and be like, yeah. you better not tell anybody anything. Yeah. It's just blows my mind. Mm -hmm. So it was at this time that Jen and Sarah decided to pull their kids out of school for good. The six heart children would now be totally isolated from outside influences and anyone who perhaps noticed the abuse they were subjected to. The Hearts decided to pack up and move to West Lynn, Oregon, a suburb of Portland in 2013. The family rented a house and raised goats and chickens in the backyard. As was Aww. the case before, Sarah worked and Jen stayed home with the six children. Yeah, that sounds, they live in Portland. They, they're raising these 
chickens and fucking goats. So yeah, it sounds real fucking nice. Sounds nice. Sounds very white. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes, exactly. Um, So the Hearts began attending many music festivals as a family unit and became well-known members of the nationwide festival community. These multi-day gatherings focused on togetherness, dance, yoga, and music, all in a socially conscious atmosphere, which is just very white once again. Sounds about white. (laughs) Um, The heart children were often seen dancing and singing at these events, and attendees looked on with smiles at the large, seemingly enlightened and and happy family. So over the years, Jen Hart cultivated a carefully curated social media presence that portrayed her family as socially conscious and, most importantly, happy and healthy, a tribe that wouldn't be broken apart by an uncaring world filled with prejudice. Her social media posts were filled with photos and videos of the family on cross-country adventures and at the various festivals they attended They attended as a cohesive unit. Mm. One person referred to Jen Hart as a master poster, her long online presence filled with her thoughts and feelings about raising a happy family and the challenges of modern day society. Oh, okay. Yeah. That was what all her shit was about. Um, but like in Minnesota, some people saw through the facade and alerted the authorities. One person was notified. One person who notified the Oregon department of human services in 2013 said the kids posed and are made to look like one big happy family, but after the photo event, they go back to looking lifeless. Mm. Others noted how the children looked underfed and small for their ages. Another Mm. tipster told authorities that the kids acted like trained robots and that they appeared to be scared to death of Jen. Oh, man. Here, I'm going to send you a picture of what they look like so you can know what the fuck's happening. Mm sad i want to say i have heard this but i forget which um podcast it was but yeah very sad and um infuriating i mean the fact that all these people saw something and reported something and yet the event the events just unfold and are just tragic mm-hmm. <sighs> so here is jen and sarah and then here are the children slithery snakes I guess that was whenever they were younger, but. Aw, wow. And the fact that they just kept getting more kids, like, stop. Yeah, I don't know why the fuck they had so many children. Like, I don't know. Aw, well, they're very cute kids. Anyways. A friend whom the family stayed with in California told investigators that Jen ran the family like a boot camp and that true kindness, love, and respect for the kids was largely absent. After receiving numerous complaints, child welfare authorities paid the hearts a visit in August 2013 to interview the kids and their mothers. The responses from the six heart children were all nearly the same, and they all stressed that there was no abuse in the home and that they were grateful for their situation. One investigator noted that the children showed little emotion or animation. Mm. Jen Hart argued that many of the issues the family faced were due to outsiders not understanding the Hart family's lifestyle. Officials in Oregon couldn't find any concrete evidence of abuse or neglect, and the case was closed. I don't... 
they had just moved there. Of course, there was no. Yeah, exactly. This is like, yeah. I don't know, it's insane. In a strange development, one of the Hart children became nationally recognized in December 2014 after a photograph of him at a Black Lives Matter protest in Portland went viral. In the photo, Devante, with tears streaming down his face, embraced a white police officer who was at the protest to keep the peace. The photo was shared countless times as people across the country used it as an example of unity after a racially charged shooting caused riots in Ferguson, Missouri, and sparked a national debate on police violence. That's really weird that that happened once again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I guess it's not weird, but still. Overnight, television shows wanted to have Devante as a guest, but Jen refused and argued she wanted to protect her son's privacy. Uh, Jen, always conscious of her family's social media presence, decided to take a hiatus from online forums for six months. She was afraid that they were going to fucking find out what was going on. Exactly. Or Mm -hmm. that, like, other – I wonder if she was worried that, like, the states that they had been, like, investigated in would be like, oh, shit, she still has these – Recognize. Yeah. Good point. Sketchy. Uh In the spring of 2017, Jen was back on social media. She told her followers, this year slammed us hard. (laughs) The Hart family had relocated to rural Woodland, Washington – their new next-door neighbors, Bruce and Dana DeKalb, noticed that the six heart children rarely left the house and that the blinds were usually drawn. In August 2017, at 1.30 in the morning, Hannah Hart showed up at the DeVolk's door, frantic and asking for protection. Mm. Bruce and Dana noticed that the young girl was missing her two front teeth, She told them that she had jumped from a second-story window in her house and ran next door. She also said that she wanted her neighbors to hide her and exclaimed, don't make me go back. They're racist and they abuse us. Soon after, Jen Hart showed up at the DeVault's front door and took her daughter back home. The next morning, all eight members of the Hart family went to the DeVault's house and Jen explained to them that the kids were drug babies, which is why they acted out sometimes. She also said that Hannah's birth mother was bipolar and that her front teeth had been knocked out when she accidentally fell. So mm-hmm. I would be extremely suspicious of that shit. Absolutely. If a child came to my doorstep and they wanted my trust, I would not return them to their Yeah, home. I would call the cops. I'd be like, you're not taking this kid out of here until the cops get here. Yeah, exactly. Get more people involved and make sure as many people know about what's going on as possible. Yes. You know, yes. Ugh, awful. And even if she did take the kid home, like you would have still, I would have still called the cops after and been like, this little kid just showed up and her mom just came to get her. And she said all this shit yeah. to me, like something's wrong. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So when Dana DeVolk asked to speak to Hannah alone, Jen replied, we do everything as a family. (laughs) Hannah then handed the DeVolks a handwritten note apologizing for her actions the previous night and saying she lied and was trying to get attention. Like, what the fuck? I wouldn't buy that for a second. Yeah, exactly. Dana, Especially if she didn't come over there on her own accord with the note. It's like her parents obviously came over there with her yeah. to make sure she did it. Yeah, some shit. Yeah, that's some shit. Like, mm-hmm. 
So Dana DeBalt told her father about the bizarre encounter, and he reported Jen and Sarah Hart to authorities. But no follow-up action was taken. That's super fucked up. That's frustrating. Yep. So several months later, in March 2018, Devante Hart approached Bruce DeBalt while he worked in on his truck in the front of the house. The 15-year-old boy asked DeBalt if he could have something to eat and nervously mm-hmm. asked him not to tell his parents. Uh. DeBalt gave the boy food and then... This happened a few more times. Devante then gave his neighbor a wish list of food and asked DeBalt to leave the items in a box by a fence where his parents wouldn't notice. After several visits from Devante, the DeBalt decided to alert authorities again. On March 23rd, yeah, on March 23rd, 2018, Dana DeBalt called Child Protective Services. A CPS worker visited the Hart house and after no one answered the door, left their card in the door. Oh, here's where it gets. Where is that? The following, huh? I said, ugh. <sighs> okay, prepare yourself. The following day, Saturday, March 24th, the DeBalks noticed that the GMC Yukon, usually parked next door, was gone. Sarah Hart had texted her coworker at 3 a.m. and told them she was too sick to come to work. No one knew it then, but the hearts, perhaps fearing that authorities would uncover abuse and neglect, decided to once again leave their home as they had in Minnesota and Oregon. As the eight members of the Hart family drove south along Highway 1, there was there would be no stopping for group photos or lengthy Facebook posts about the many joys of family life. Instead of looking for a new home and a new town to settle in, the Hart tribe was headed for a different sinister destination. Mm-mm. The last sighting of the of any of the members of the Hart family alive was at a Safeway grocery store in Fort Bragg, California, on the morning of Sunday, March 25th. A surveillance camera captured Jen Hart paying for $20 worth of groceries. The following day, Monday, March 26th, the Yukon was spotted belly up on the rocks at the bottom of the cliff, only a 25-mile drive from the Safeway store. As investigators released details of the crash, the details finally came to light. The scene and the Yukon's computer and airbag controllers were analyzed for information, and the story they told was disturbing. Jen Hart was at the wheel of the Yukon, in control as always. She pulled off of Highway 1 onto the gravel turnout and stopped the vehicle 70 feet from the cliffs. She then accelerated the car to roughly 90 miles per hour, And without touching the brakes, investigators found no skid marks. So that's why they know that. Mm. Uh, Plunged the car off the 100-foot cliff onto the rocks below, killing herself and her entire family. No one in the car was wearing a seatbelt, and it was later determined that Jen Hart had alcohol in her system above the legal limit and that Sarah and two of the children had toxic levels of Benadryl in their system. Mm. Before the crash... Sarah Hart made Google searches inquiring about Benadryl no-kill shelters is the death or is death by drowning relatively painless and how long does it take to die from hypothermia in water while drowning in a car wow mm-hmm. that's not uh. super fucking specific yeah very dark Sarah began searching at 12.30 a.m. on March 24th as she and her family neared the Washington-Oregon border. 
She would continue to conduct Google searches along these lines until 6.30 that night. Right after Googling, Sarah would delete each search from her phone. Mm. Like it wasn't going to get found. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Shortly after leaving their Woodland, Washington home on March 23rd, the family stopped at a Walmart where Sarah ran inside and bought a bottle of generic Benadryl. Hours later, she would search about overdosing. Can 500 milligrams of Benadryl kill a 120-pound woman? She searched. She reportedly also searched, how can I easily overdose on over-the-counter medicines? And what can happen when overdosing with Benadryl? One of the final searches was no-kill shelters for dogs. The family... Oh, this part is going to kill me. The family dogs had not been accounted for and are believed to have been in the vehicle with the family. <laughs> I was about to ask. Uh, I'm really fucked up because that makes me more sad than any of this other shit. That's not messed up. I mean, it, it is all very sad, but there's something about just animals being involved yeah, in these things. Were, that just- okay, no, I'm not even going to say it, but okay. Yeah. The California Highway Patrol expert testified that the crash was intentional. When the Hearts left their home, I don't think they knew what they were going to do at that point, the patrolman said. I do think that they knew CPS was there. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. on April 8th, nearly two weeks after the crash, 12-year-old Sierra's body was found floating in the surf near the site of the crash. Ten months later, partial remains of 16-year-old Hannah Hart were found mm-hmm. on May 9, 2018. A passerby noticed a partial foot inside of a shoe that was attached to a pair of jeans near the crash site. But um, lab results were inconclusive. So a DNA test recently obtained from Hannah's biological mother helped authorities determine the remains were, in fact, Hannah's. Jeez. Devonte Hart's body has never been found. So a superior court judge ruled that Devonte was in the vehicle at the time of the crash and a death certificate was signed on April 3rd, 2019. So was the decision by Jen Hart to kill herself and her family a spontaneous one or had it been planned when they hastily drove away from their home in Woodland? Was Sarah Hart a willing conspirator in the crash, or did she not realize that her ultimate, what her ultimate fate would be? Jen Hart had always been the dominant figure in the relationship, so maybe Sarah accepted her destiny and went along with the plan. Um, but apparently, Jen was abusive to Sarah as well. Like, she was abusive to Sarah first, and then the kids. But Sarah also was abusive to the kids, too. Mm. Either way, that doesn't make it any better, but still. So Jennifer and Sarah cannot be questioned or stand trial for what happened on that California cliff. The inquest is closed and their death certificates now list suicide while the children's list homicide. What can change now, Mendocino County Sheriff Coroner Thomas Allman told reporters, is the federal oversight of abuse. Five states were involved with the adoptions and abuse allegations of the children. Where are the systematic failures that possibly could have prevented this? Alman said, we do not have a national database for child abuse allegations. This, Alman said, should should be an enlightening moment for lawmakers. Jeez. Mm -hmm. Yep. Super, super sad. 
That's awful. So the only non-accounted for child was Devonte. Mm-hmm. He was oh. super sad. I can't even sad. imagine. I can't even imagine. So if they weren't in the vehicle, do you think did they climb out of the vehicle after the accident and then die from their injuries? You think or I'm not sure. Nobody was wearing a seatbelt, so I wonder if they just flew out of the car. That's what I was wondering too. Or like the impact once they hit, they ejected. You know what I mean? And they didn't land in the water. They landed on rocks. They didn't, but water goes up to those rocks. Like I think it's it when the tide comes in. Oh no. I'm not sure. So then that that was the plan. The plan or do you think that was the plan then at that spot? To drive off the cliff, or were they going to like drive into some water somewhere? I have no idea. I'm, I mean, they drove a long fucking way, so that's what I'm saying. They had time to like change their mind, or to like make a plan, or all they did was go, I guess, buy Benadryl and stuff at the store the day before, and then mm-hmm. decide during that trip. That's awful. That's horrible. Yeah, monsters. And even if Sarah just went along with it because she was scared of Jen, it's like, it's almost like. The cult, like Jonestown, yeah. To me, mm-hmm. thinking about it, it's like I know this is not right, but this is what we're doing. Yeah, awful. Yeah, Jen was a fucking monster. I mean, so was Sarah, but I feel like Jen was the bigger evil. Yeah, mm. uh, that reminds me of the Gabriel Fernandez <gasps> case too. Oh my god, where they didn't know who, which parent to blame. Uh, it's both of them, but mm-hmm. they say that the mother was the um person to say what to do to the the boy for punishment and oh that is such a horrendous story i watched that on netflix it was horrible it was awful i cried me too i didn't think i was going to and then i did i was like oh fuck me either Mm. i don't know how parents can do this shit to their kids like that's how I feel. There's somebody that can take care of your kids. Like if you if you feel overwhelmed or this is not for you, you can always just not kill people. Mm-hmm. Like it, that same thing with marriages too. When people don't want to get a divorce, so they murder their spouse instead. Exactly. Like exactly. I don't know why they think they're gonna get away with it. Yeah, it's just so awful and not fair. Mm-hmm. And jeez. Um, yeah, and the way that they had everybody fooled. But the thing about it is, like, there were people who saw weird stuff and reported it. So it's not like they didn't do what they could. But I'm sure people still feel really guilty about knowing and then having that happen. Right. Ugh. Um, I don't know. That's where it gets really frustrating is when the reports do go out, but somebody doesn't, you know, follow up or they don't take the children out of custody of the abusers. Mm-hmm. The fact that the biological mom had to have part in the body. um, Yeah, that was really fucking sad. Wow. I can't believe that. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. But And then two of them had the courage to try to reach out to neighbors. Imagine that. like, Or even when they got interviewed by CPS, they all had their little scripts memorized. Mm -hmm. But I'm sure their little hearts were beating, like thinking, like, I could say something right now. I could just tell them, like, we're not eating. We're not treated with respect at all it's horrible here like yeah, i can't even scared i can't imagine what they were even telling those kids dude being i being a fucking cps worker must be horrendous yeah thank you to the that's why that's why i don't want to really blame 
it's um, it's always like somebody doesn't want it to be true. Like they're doing what they can, and they, uh, you know, that's all they can do. Right. Whereas in the Gabriel Fernandez case, those people didn't do anything. Like they really didn't. They dropped the ball. I think what makes it really sad is like, I mean, we could us saying like, I don't know why they didn't take the kids. Like, I'm sure those CPS workers know that there is very little amount of foster homes that they could go to where they're actually safer there. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I'm sure it's a fucking terrible shit that you have to deal with, but like, there's not enough foster parents. There's not mm-hmm. enough people like adopting kids and shit. So like it's there's there's not yeah. enough resources. Oh. There's just so much shit going on and oh, pisses me off because those people yeah. that are like, don't go have abortion, save the babies. You don't give a shit about the babies. <laughs> there's a shit ton of yeah, kids in fucking exactly. foster care, and then they end up with shit like this. Like, oh. mm-hmm. that's what they imagine. They imagine little cuddly babies and not children that need to be fed and clothed and educated and loved. It's a lot loved. Exactly. That's one of the main needs like that. You can tell whenever there's a child who's neglected and they feel scared and they feel unloved. It's Mm -hmm. awful. Yeah. Mm, I can't. Very sad. But yeah, that's, that is a very, and the way that he went viral with that photo, Mm -hmm. Interesting turn of events there with this case. Yeah, I thought that was really interesting. Because that's what it started with. Um, I think it was my favorite murder, now I'm thinking about it, who covered this. But they brought up that photo, and it was a completely misunder... It was, like, misunderstood or something, because mm-hmm. the in the photo, something else was going on, but they used it for, like, a uniform. Yeah, I think he was telling him... He was telling him something. Fuck, now I have to look it up because I I forgot all about that, actually. Yeah, I tried looking it up as well. Oh, here we go. God damn it. It doesn't say anywhere. I found something on organlive.com, and it was um, basically they were talking about the events while they were at the same mm-hmm. uh protest and he had the sign that said free hugs and so the cop just asked him mm-hmm. uh for a hug that's all i'm finding i thought there was something else i made oh, the yeah, boy actually I, cry but i guess he was, was just sad about the events there was were. something else but i don't i don't know i heard it because i the, the when i first heard this like i'd heard about it but i heard it like in detail on obscura that podcast and they did a really fucking good job but he says it in obscura that the cop said something else was going on like he did he did ask for a hug but like when they were talking he said something to him and then he started crying i don't remember what like he was crying while he was telling him something i don't if he cried because he had never been hugged by um an adult like that with actual emotion behind it maybe i don't that was like a cry for help he just like started crying because of his situation at home possibly anyways very Um, very touching yeah my sources are were investigationdiscovery.com cnn.com wikipedia new york times and yahoo.com excellent Mm -hmm. i picked this story because of that crash that happened uh 
Was that Monday? <gasps> oh, do you want to tell us about it? Do you want to share? Yeah, sure. Um, so there was this horrific car accident. Uh, three three vehicles were involved, but this guy and me and Jeremy were like right on the corner of that intersection. And um, this guy in this pickup truck was driving down this road called Chadburn. And apparently he had been like way further down the road and he was speeding and like driving erratically over there. And a cop was passing and they saw him. So they turned around to follow him to pull him over. Well, this guy sees the cop when he's near, like the guy driving the truck's nearing the intersection mm-hmm. and he sees the cop had turned around and turned the lights on and was coming after him. So I heard him rev the engine like he was speeding up. And when wow. I was reading the article later, like of what he had said after he got arrested or whatever, um, he said that he saw the car, the, the cop and he like sped up once he was getting near the mm-hmm. intersection. Well, he sped up and he like lost control of the car, I guess. Cause he ran in, there was a black SUV in the lane in front of him that was getting ready to turn um, to the left. And he, the car was already like moving to turn and he hit the back of it like he nicked it. It looked like he barely nicked the back of it, but it like exploded and it literally sounded like a bomb had exploded. And oh my God. Like I jumped in my seat like when he hit that car. Like it was insane watching that. Well, there was a white car on the opposite side of the intersection that was stopped waiting for the light to turn green so they could continue driving north. And this truck hit that black car and that car, the black car like swerved and shit and went in the middle of the intersection. And then he Mm -hmm. hit uh, the white car like head on, like he slammed into that car into the driver's side and then he flipped over and the the white car like ended up flipping over too and it landed like in a parking lot and then the truck flipped over and it landed on its uh top and it like caught fire and shit and they had to get the driver out and shit but like the cop that had been chasing him like hauled ass right into it everything that happened so he was like right there and there was like paramedics that came quickly and shit but the lady in the white car died and mm. literally it like shook me to the core because she was literally just sitting there waiting for the light to fucking turn green. And then mm. fucking maniac came out of nowhere and he wasn't drunk. He was on something like he, he got arrested for, or well, whenever he got arrested, he got charged. Did you say the whole thing? You guys stayed there? Yeah, well, and of course, we watched everything happen, and we watched that cop pull up, and I literally was, like, fight or flight. Like, all these people in the surrounding, like, mm-hmm. businesses, like, rushed over there, and my instinct was to yeah. leave. <laughs> we watched Aww, for, like, a minute, yeah. and then I was like, like, we have to get the fuck out of here, because we're never going to get out of here if we don't. No, it's intense. No. Yeah, and it was it was scary. Yeah, true. And it gave me, like, yeah. It's a traffic issue my car accident so i was like i gotta get out of here 
Oh, I bet it was awful. The sounds of the glass and the metal. and Yes, that Jeez. was what was terrifying. Mm-hmm. And watching everybody like freak out collectively was also pretty scary because I, when anybody oh does things God. collectively like that, it freaks me out. But yeah, it was really, it was really, it happened all so fast. Like I, I've never watched it happen like that, or at least that horrifically in person. So I think that's mm-hmm. what like shook me the most. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I was like, oh God, but yeah, I like, we, we hauled ass out of there. Well, we didn't haul ass, but we got out of there. If we would have left the store like five seconds earlier, we would have been in his path, in this truck's path, because he was driving like erratically because he was driving so fast. And he got arrested for, or whenever he got arrested, what I was saying earlier, he had um, a possession of a controlled substance charge. So he was, it was either meth or coke or something Uh, that he was on. But he, nothing happened to him. Like he went to the hospital, and then he was released later that day, and or later that. That's afternoon. what is just so devastating about those yes. situations. Yes, and that lady that died, she was married, she had kids. Like and nothing. I don't think anything serious happened to the people that were in the black car. They, it was two older ladies, but I don't. I don't think anything happened to them. I mean, they had to go to the hospital, but I don't think anything serious happened. To them. They were probably so scared. Hell yeah. Um, I literally, I thought that was all that was going to happen. And then he hits the white SUV and I was like, like, I literally screamed, like I lost my shit. Yeah. Understandably. It was really crazy. And when it, when it finally landed, I could only see the other side of the white car and that the passenger side looked like nothing had happened. But I could see the mm. bumper like wrapped around to the passenger side, like from the driver's side all the way to the passenger side. So I was like, there's something's really fucked up with that car. And like it had flipped in the air. Like it literally had mm. flipped and landed on the tires again. Like it landed up right again. Oh. Wow. Yeah, it was insane. My gosh. He's well, he's got a homicide uh account of murder on his record i'm sure it says it doesn't even say murder manslaughter or anything it says uh, on his conscience at least yeah he definitely has to live with that shit for the rest of his life like Mm -hmm, yeah a mm -hmm. shit ton of other people got arrested today he's like buried under this shit Uh, Mm. in just san angelo yeah oh here he is he has evading arrest, detention, causing death. Because technically he was already wow. evading at least yes, over. Yes, in the process of yeah. being, he killed somebody. Mm-hmm. Good grief. Yeah. Fucking shitty ass motherfucker. Like I just. So now anytime I'm driving and I like hear that revving sound. Oh, my! I have like fucking PTSD now. I'm like yeah. frantically looking around like, oh, my God, somebody's coming way too fast. Ugh. Yeah, it's really scary. But. That is scary. Jeez. Mm-mm. I don't want to go anywhere for that reason. You could just literally be. That was always what I told my mom because whenever she would try to find a reason for me to not go do something, she'd be like, something could happen. It's like, well, something could literally happen anytime. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying go looking for trouble, but it's it's just part of life. Like, 
you could just be in the wrong place at the wrong time yeah. like that. That reminds me of Donnie Darko. He's just sleeping in his bed and uh, oh, fucking hole The fact that that yeah. dungeon falls into his bedroom kills him. He died. But when he was sleepwalking, it didn't happen. Well, in two seconds, there's a whole reality that happens. <laughs> it exactly. Yeah, that's a good movie. It I is. Like I can't get enough of Jake Gyllenhaal lately. I guess. Ah, that's funny. Dude, that damn dog got into my paint yesterday. So she was covered in pink paint. <gasps> did she track it everywhere? Mm, thankfully, it wasn't everywhere, but she did get on the couch and it got all over the fucking couch. But it wasn't on the floor or anything. So Just puppy things. Mm-hmm. Sarah and Jen, I hope you're burning in hell. Mm-hmm. These are two lesbians that I do not like. Mm-hmm. The first, the first lesbians that I didn't, that I don't care for too much. <laughs> this is gonna turn into like hate speech, guys. Oh, I love yeah. lesbians. I fucking okay. Nope, I'm not gonna get into <laughs> it. People are individuals. You cannot hate a group collectively. You have to go based yeah. on their individual self. That just happens to be part of who yes. they are. They were lesbians. Exactly. 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 That's exactly how I feel. And nobody understands. Uh, and my mom's the embarrassing type to be like, which one's the man in the relationship? <laughs> I guess in this case, mom, it was Jen. Oh, how do you yeah. like that? If you want to consider her that because she was dominant like all these fucking asshole motherfucking males. Uh, I think now we're starting to bring individual traits out and just say that people in general possess them instead of being like that's a man trait yeah i think you're right. no one likes a lady with a loud mouth how is that even a man <laughs> trait like okay all right being dominant i know right well go watch brokeback mountain everybody it's on amazon prime thank me later very worthy of watching and that gives a very good commentary on what masculinity um might mean to some people so i know a lot of dudes watched that movie when it came out or at least i heard I feel like people didn't watch it when it came out because of they just called it the gay cowboy movie or whatever. I think that's what all the hype was. That's what all the hype was. Like that's why everyone went to go watch it. Because I remember, I know the sex scenes weren't even that. Yeah, everyone like lost their shit, and I just (laughs) didn't understand. It took me a really long time to watch that movie, but it was because I was in Mm -hmm. a phase where I'm not going to do everything everyone else does. So it's literally the Ah. myself. The interesting thing, now that I'm thinking back on it, I think that was the first time it was a in the mainstream media because a lot of these LGBTQ plus movies are in their own de- like air, like depart not departments categories mm-hmm. on like Netflix and stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. but they're not very like big actors. There are a lot of independent oh, projects, yeah. but Brokeback mm-hmm. Mountain was like two big stars that were in their prime, and they're playing these roles when they're. In the media, they were straight men. We don't, I don't guess people, people's preferences or whatever. But I think that's why it was so weird for people to like see that because it was them too. And then especially because it was them. And now it feels so tame. And especially because it was the, yeah, Yeah. Jake Gyllenhaal and Heath Ledger. Yeah. Um, And uh, Anne Hathaway, she made a pretty good cowgirl. I am not a fan of any of the accents that she ever tries. (laughs) Um, 
she should never do accent uh work and no um accent acting she should always be from america but mm-hmm. and not from the south either because that was um she tried it but it was cute she was a little um rodeo girl in that one and she ends up marrying uh jake gyllenhaal interesting mm-hmm. oh before i watched that i went i wanted to ask you about this because um also on Amazon Prime, there was this documentary called What Haunts Us, and it was about this teacher slash coach that was abusing people in the 60s, uh, students, young men, mm-hmm. and six people committed suicide that graduated in that year. And so it brought back a bunch of like reports, and they, it pretty, they pretty much came full circle with like what happened to all those boys. And, and then one of the supervisors also committed suicide because he knew what was happening. And so whenever it came to light and one of the students or survivors came forward and, and typed out this whole like a bunch of pages of what happened to him as a kid and sent it to like all the board of directors to the school because nobody would do anything about it because the guy was like a likable guy and he knew one of the supervisors from the school that they went to together. So it was just a very horrible thing that these kids even the ones that reported it nothing would get done the teacher stayed a teacher at their school right and um anyways it's a very it's a it was very good a very good documentary and what was it called again called what what haunts us, what haunts us? interesting mm-hmm. i don't think i've ever i don't think i've seen it on amazon prime I have to look. I think a lot of stuff just got put put on there because I found some stuff that apparently came out last year, but they just put it on streaming services. So if you guys have run out of things to watch, go check again because there's a bunch of stuff on there. We need to watch. Uh, we need to talk about Kevin. I've seen it. Oh, Did I tell you? you? I finally, yeah, I finally watched it. I think I watched it right before we moved here. So it was like last year, like summertime-ish. Mm-hmm. But yes, dude. And I think we talked about how we mutually hated how whenever he was a baby and oh, she the yeah. husband wouldn't fucking listen to her yeah. that he like it's not that she's lazy or she's not trying to parent him is like he was being an asshole yeah. as a baby mm-hmm. like that's not a thing yeah he it was didn't awful fucking listen to her at all he was a little psychopath yeah and when she broke his arm and he lied i was like mm. oh wow yeah that shit that movie was genuinely Fucks. fucking heartbreaking like i was sad through the entire movie yeah, that's not that's not an enjoyable. And she gets bullied by the whole town when it wasn't yes. even her; it was her sons. Oh uh, yeah, if you yeah, that movie doesn't feel good at all it from start to finish. It is not a feel good movie, but god damn it, it is so really good. <laughs> it is very good. They need to make more movies like that where we they don't follow the plot idea. Like there isn't going to be a resolution sometimes for that kind of thing. Yeah. Like sometimes people are just monsters, and we don't need any romance or dramatizations that's just plain and simple what right. happened and it's just open-ended like she's just got to live with that losing yeah. her whole family because her son was a psychopath and then i think he started showing a little bit of empathy at the end when she goes to see him uh in prison or whatever because i think he didn't really realize the extent of his actions he's going to be in prison forever i think she doesn't but she anyway, tell him something or some shit I don't know. I just remember because he had a smirk. That's what bothered me so much um, about that guy. Like that actor who played that kid, Kevin, Ezra did a good job Turner. because he always had like a, a like a snide little face, like a yes. little smirk. Yeah. Like glad with what happened and glad with what he's doing and stuff. Mm-hmm. But at the very end of the movie, he looks mad or upset. So I, I'm going to have to like YouTube it later and see 
what is said because something sunk into him um, at that point. Yeah. There's like a shaved head and everything. Ugh, creepy. Those are the real monsters out there. The people who don't have any kind of empathy because then they can just do anything and they won't feel bad about it. Mm-hmm. Yep, I agree. Well, guys, that was the story of the Hart family and the devastating outcome that it led up to. We just got to remember to see something and say something, especially when it comes to children. I don't really cover a lot of children's cases. They're just so dark and sad. Mm -hmm. What do kids do to deserve this kind of thing? But I wonder if they'll ever find Avante's remains or if he somehow made it out and started a new life for himself. I would hope that there would be at least a glimmer of hope for that but i mean i don't know uh anyways thanks for breaking all our hearts again today daniela you're welcome with this story you're welcome this was 2018 right this was pretty recent yes right there's 2016 2017 I, was, I already lost it i think it was 2018 hold on yep it was 2018 damn this kind of stuff is still happening uh anyway all right guys well uh we'll wrap it up here let us know what you think about this case in our instagram posts and twitter at give me the creeps and don't forget to dm dm us some of your listener stories if you have anything interesting or weird to share with us uh and yeah thanks for listening guys so did we give you the creeps